Welcome to As God Moves. And today we're talking about As God Moves, Christ Church Flourishes. You know, I call it Christ Church for a reason. It says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, I will build my church. When Paul wrote about the church, he wrote these words. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made, God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their own labour. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, the church, God's building. And then I love this, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. In other words, I wanted to start off with right out of the right out of the out of the blocks, if you like, is that the church is God's idea. It's Christ's church. He is the foundation, not the Apostle Paul, um, not even Peter, even though Jesus said, this is Peter, who I call rock and on him, I'll build my church. But it's my church. Christ is saying it's his church. So as God moves, Christ's church flourishes. It's not a human initiative, although we have human partnership with Christ. I actually went out to, I went to the Greater West for Christ uh, office team this week, and I asked them what they love about Christ's church. And I deliberately used the word Christ's church, and this is what they had to say. All right, come with me. We're about to disrupt an office space. All right, I got questions. I got lots of questions, all right. You're on camera. Lisa, you're on camera. Joy. <laughs> she's, she's not looking at the camera. I have a question for all of you, with all your backs to me. And if you don't, we're going to go around. Um, simple question. What do you love about Christ Church? Go. Community. Community. Right. And coming together. Very cool. What do you love about love. Christ Church? Love. Love? Love. Can you expand on love? On the spot. Um, like a greater wife for Christ or the church. The church. 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 You know the love that you have in your community, like Lisa said, the love that you can feel from God. Like honestly just like walking in the doors and just just endless love that yeah, church provides. Endless love. I think there was a song about that, wasn't it? Endless can you sing that? Uh, <laughs> over, over here, over here. What do you guys love about the church? We're all different. We're all different. Yeah. We don't have to be the same. We can come as you are. Come as you are. Inclusive. <laughs> Let's include Liz. Now, Liz loves these moments. <laughs> what do you love about the church, Liz? I love how everyone's uniquely gifted and everyone has a role. Oh, very cool. So this side of the room loves the diversity. This side of the room over here, they love love. <laughs> but right behind this camera... We're going to take you to the leader of the team. Let's see what he's got to say. There's Tim. Now, Tim is an Anglican, just giving you the heads up. Um, <laughs> take it all with a grain of salt. Tim, but you're not an Anglican. You love, you love Christ. You love the church. Yeah. What do you love about the church? Uh, for me, I love the lifelong journeys that people walk through. They start their journey with God, and it's a walk the whole way to heaven. Um, and that's something that's really unique to what I see in the rest of the world. People don't journey in life together. 
Um, so to have that depth of relationship when somebody's life falls apart, that everybody's there with them. They may have known them for years, they may not have known them, but those are unconditional kind of offers of love, um, of service, of assistance in that time, for me is something that I, I really captivates me as being something that's totally different to anything that people experience in the world. And that is the end of the sermon. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. All right. Big question. Big question for everyone. Anyone can answer this question. How much do you reckon Jesus loves the church? Huge. Huge. Whole bunch. <laughs> the reason I ask it is because we're actually, this message, this is going to be the intro to a message you're preaching out of Ephesians chapter 5. And it said, Christ laid down his life for the church. And right now, there's a whole lot of people in this room who are loving Christ's church because of what Jesus has done for his church. So, well done. Thank you, Great Oaks for Christ's office team. Brilliant. That was pretty cool. Very uh, encouraging when, when I was in that room with them and they were talking about what the church, when it's at its best, looks like. And, and I deliberately have used the word today, flourish. So as God moves... Christ's church flourishes. And what I thought I'd do just on this message online is just talk about different images of Christ's church, which pick up this whole whole notion that God's church is meant to flourish. As When God's in control, as God moves in the church, the church flourishes. It flourishes as a body. And that's an image in the New Testament. Let me read to you uh, from 1 Corinthians 2, 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Or Romans 12, 4 and 5. For just as each one of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same functions. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all others. In Colossians 1.18, it says Christ is the head of that body. And you've just heard the, the, the office team at Greater West talk about how people are flourishing and everyone, and that you've heard them talk about diversity. And, and there's a beautiful picture in the New Testament that when God moves in the church, it's diverse, it's a body, it has different members, but they're all coming from the same head. It's an amazing image. There's another image that is used in the New Testament which describes the church, and that is... It flourishes as a family. In John, we read these words. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of a natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. That's pretty cool. Because what it's saying is that Christ's church gets members through being born again. So we set up all these structures and institutions and, and requirements to be part of Christ's church. And yet, really, what we've heard, when Christ's church flourishes as a family unit, it's us all becoming children of God. Again, you see the same picture. Christ is the head. Again, God is God the Father. And we're the children. We're all on equal ground in here, but we're all recognized for our diversity. In any family, all the kids are different. All the kids are different. So different. But the one thing that unites us is us being 
born anew, not of a human decision, but born of God. And all who received him and those believed in his name have the right to become children of God. So as God moves, Christ's church flourishes as a family unit. Now, if you know anything about family units, when families are doing well, they have a little bit, they have that well, they probably sometimes have a lot of conflict, but they have conflict that gets resolved. They have forgiveness, they have grace, and they empower each other, and they're there for each other. And, and that's, that's what's happening when Christ's church is flourishing as God moves. You know, there's another image in the Bible, and it's a building. As God moves, Christ's church flourishes as a building. Now, not a building as we know it. I'm actually in a church building right now. Not, a, not, a, not an actual physical building. It's actually the image is that we are all interlocked as part of a structure on a cornerstone. Again, as God moves, Christ is the foundation. He's called the cornerstone. Let me read to you from Ephesians chapter 2. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you are too you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So I love that image of of us being a dwelling or a, a, a space where God's spirit works through each and every one of us in this space under the headship of Jesus Christ or under the foundation of Jesus Christ as our cornerstone. So as God moves, the church becomes this vibrant community, this vibrant household, this vibrant building, but not a physical building, but a spiritual building. The physical buildings actually become resources and tools to build the, the, the spiritual building. Think of a household at home. Your, your, your home is not the building and the structure. The building and the structure is, is helpful, but it's a tool. It's just it's, 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 it's something that is available to be used by the household. There's a beautiful image in John of the church. As God moves, Christ's church flourishes as a vine. And John 15, it says these words. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, there's an image in this one. See, the, 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 the structure image, the body image and the building image, that, that sort of seems, they have a sense of order about them. But the, the vine image is crazy. Branches going everywhere, fruit all over the place. And now, it says in John 15 that the father, the gardener, prunes the, the vine and places a certain amount of order around it that it would bear much fruit or bear more fruit. But the key, the key is that we are the branches. He is the vine. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. He is the one that connects us all together. So we're all interconnected. As God's church, as God moves, Christ's church flourishes like a vine, bearing much fruit. Now, here's the thing. Branches don't eat their own fruit. Our fruit is actually for others to take part of, for others to grab hold of. And even those that, that, uh, that are yet to know Jesus, they, they, they get to experience our flourishing as a blessing in their lives. And then they come and become part of this incredible vine, this incredible flourishing church of Jesus Christ. Another image in the New Testament is we flourish as, a, as an army. 
So these, isn't it amazing the amount of images that are used in the New Testament to describe Christ's church? We flourish as an army. Let me read to you Ephesians chapter 6, this sense of, of, of going into battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Basically, what we're saying is that Christ's church is meant to take ground, take ground away from the enemy. Now, the enemy has a plan to steal, kill and destroy. It says that in John 10. It's not a human battle. It's not a battle against people, but it's about, it's about injustice. It's, it's about oppression. It's about salvation, moving from darkness to light. It's about Christ coming and, and, and us putting on the armor of God and stepping out as soldiers, if you like, into this world, not to cause mayhem and not to cause, cause pain for people, but to actually beat back those forces of evil that, that seek to, to consume our world and destroy our world. As God moves, Christ's church flourishes as an army on the front foot. That's why they called it the Salvation Army when they, when they, when they formed that denomination. Recognising, I think they've got some phrases, wherever there is justice, wherever there is, wherever there is injustice, wherever there is impression, wherever they're poor, we will be there. We will reach the least, the last, the lost. Powerful, powerful stuff. Another image in John, we flourish as a flock, as God moves, Christ's church flourishes as a flock and a flock of sheep, if you like. Now, we all get frustrated about being called sheep because sheep are pretty, well, they're known as being pretty dumb and they seem to just follow each other. But the image in John 10 is a bit different. It's the image of a, a we're a flock because we've got a good shepherd. I read these words. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice and there'll be one flock and one shepherd. A flourishing church, Christ's church flourishing, is when sheep don't just follow each other around where the flock is actually listening to the voice of the shepherd. I, I know my sheep and they know me. We know the Father's voice. We know the, the good shepherd's voice. We, we hear Jesus speaking into our lives. For that, for the image, beautiful image is when one goes astray, Jesus comes after the lost sheep. You heard the parable of the lost sheep. So as a flock, you might feel like you're outside the flock. Know that Jesus is coming after you. He wants you to hear his voice and he wants to speak to you to me, to bring us together as a flock. It's a beautiful image and a flourishing, flourishing church actually finds the good pasture. Do you know, it says in, in John 10.10, 10, I've already sort of quoted a little bit of it, but the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus says, but I came that they might have life and life to the full. And he's talking about that as the good shepherd, as the shepherd of the flock. We flourish as Christ's church, as one, as, 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 a, as a unity, as one diverse people from every nation. So the Christian faith isn't about a particular um, ethnicity. It's actually about every nation. Let me read to you this beautiful image of Christ's church in Revelation 5.9. 
And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. I'm singing to Jesus because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. Jesus gave his life. That Christ's church would embrace every background of every nation. Christ church flourishes when it is diverse and it has different backgrounds and different experiences and that we are one in Christ. Not just from every nation, but from from every aspect of society. Let me read to you this from Galatians 3. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. As God moves, Christ's church flourishes in every single environment, in every single neighbourhood. Employer, employee, male, female, slave, free. In those days, Jews, Gentiles. There's not a privileged group. But Christ's church flourishes when when the table, when the invitation is for everybody to come. Oftentimes when we take communion, we take it as one. And he says, this is my body broken for you. And and the bread gets handed out and we're all part of his body broken for us. And there's no barriers to partaking of Christ. The only choice we make is to actually is for Jesus. And in that he unites us with each other. One of the things that God will always work on, that Christ will always work on, that the spirit will seek to orchestrate in us is a unity in diversity. We will forgive as we've been forgiven. That's the church flourishing. Christ's church flourishes as one in diversity. Here's probably the, you know, we've been doing it as God moves in Ephesians and Ephesians chapter five is where we're up to. And here's one that's just incredible. As God moves, Christ's church flourishes as a bride. Ephesians chapter five. Let me read to you how amazing the union between Christ and his church is. He compares it to the, to a beautiful and perfect union of a husband and wife. And why I say perfect is because Christ is perfect and he seeks to, he gives us a fresh identity in him and he seeks to perfect us. Let me read to you. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present himself as a present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Four things I'll bring, I want to bring out of that. Four things. As God moves, Christ's church flourishes as a bride because we are loved Christ loved the church because we are set apart, set apart, made holy, blameless, without spot and wrinkle. We flourish to be radiant. How many images in the Bible are there of Christ's church being a light on a hill or a light to the nations to be radiant, to shine? When Christ's church is at its best, its people shine. They are radiant, but not because we're good, not because we've got good at doing church, but because we've actually pressed closer to the heart of Jesus and he shines through us. And the fourth thing is intimacy. The husband and wife 
relationship. It goes on in Ephesians five, and that's why a father it says that's why a father leaves a, a, a child leaves their parents, and they're united to the one to the one, and they they become united as one flesh. Christ and His church are one flesh. We are one. We are one with Jesus. We are that intimate with Him. Do you know when we do baptism? The reason we do baptism is for us to make a public declaration personally that I unite with Christ's death and his resurrection. But it says in the Bible that that as we all do that, we all come united and we all get to become radiant. I love it. The baptism of ceremonies that they wear white or we wear white. You don't have to wear white, but 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 when it's you wear it's that image of we are made we made pure, spotless. We're set apart. We're radiant. We're loved and we're intimate and united with Jesus. We flourish as a bride. And that might be really weird for you guys out there. Um, took a while for me to get my hand, head around it till I realised, wow, I, it's no longer me that live, but Christ that lives within me. That's why I wear this. I want to live a J-rated life where, where my life is so caught up with Jesus. Not, I don't want to live a moral G-rated life. You've heard me say this before. I want to live a, a, this J-rated life, which is unrestricted, not restricted. It's radiant. It's glorious. It shines out. As God moves, the church shines like a bride. One thing for us is we've got to be careful that we don't tear down the bride because the bridegrooms, don't, bridegrooms are not happy when people in the, in the wedding ceremony have a go at the bride. Bridegroom comes after you or his best man. I don't know. But all I know is this. Jesus loves the bride. And he calls us to do the same. As God moves, we flourish also as a witness. You see, we get so caught up with who Jesus is that we want to tell the world. We get so caught up by the power of the Holy Spirit because it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, these words, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and at the ends of the earth. In other words, we are invited to be, 1 Corinthians 5 says, ambassadors to the world. We wear his colours. We wear his colours to the world. We're invited to be disciple makers. Matthew 28, go out there into the world and make disciples, baptise in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And I will be with you, Jesus says, to the end of the age. It's his church. He grows the church. He makes the disciples. He just invites us into the space to partner with him. So as God moves, we look outside. As God moves, the Christ Church flourishes as He works through us, looking outside ourselves. I want to finish with a quote from Hebrews. Check this out, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. As God's move, as God moves, we get deeper connections with each other. Christ's church flourishes when we connect with each other under Christ or founded on Christ or as Christ as our bridegroom or as Christ as our, as our general sending us out as an army or as Christ as our vine of which we attach as branches or as Christ as our good shepherd as we become the flock. You've seen the analogies as Christ as we become a body intricately woven together as he's the head. We will flourish as Christ 
binds us together and, and, and moves powerfully through us into the world with the saving message that others can come and join. To all who believed him, to, the, to, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave us the right to become children of God. We dream of churches across Penrith being in an environment where people flourish, being in an environment where God moves and people live out a life which just flourishes, abundant life, John 10.10. So today's message is as God moves, the result will be a church which is an environment for people to flourish with Jesus being front and centre. Let me pray that that becomes our reality. Lord Jesus, you are the foundation. I'd love to go through them. You're the foundation. You're the vine. You're the head of the body. You're the bridegroom. Heavenly Father, we're your children. You are present with us, sending us out to make disciples. You're the one that sacrificed that every tribe, language, people and nation would be born in Christ. I worship you. We worship you now, Lord Jesus, who gave your life, who had your body broken, who had your blood shed, that we would flourish, that we would be one, that we would have eternal life. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. And I pray that we would find, you would help us find through the power of the Holy Spirit, our gifts. You would bear much fruit through us. That we would find that fresh intimacy of the bride. Lord, I pray that out of this space, after this message, that many of us will go away and think of how beautifully, diversely the, the body or the church is described. And I pray that we will take our part in it bringing all that we have for your glory. Lord Jesus, we love you and we take our place in your church. Your glorious, beautiful, radiant, set apart, holy church by you. And Lord, where we're not living that out, we repent and we say we're sorry. And I pray that out of this message today, there'll be new vigour in us. New vigour in us to be your church, to be Christ's church, not just in a building, but right across our city. In Jesus' name. Amen.